0: Praise God. So we had Pastor Stu here last week talking about uh, talking about change and continuing this, that, that he continues the series about um, let's throw off everything that hinders us sin that so easily entangled. Let's run this race with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So we're going to continue to to talk about this. There's so much stuff just to extract from this passage of scripture. It's funny. I was talking to Jack last week. He's like, "When are you going to stop talking about Hebrews 12?" <laughs> he's so he's so blunt, my son. If you know my son, um, he's 15. Um, he's so blunt and to the point. He's like, "When are you going to stop talking about Hebrews 12?" I was like, "You've been on about it for ages." I was like, "Well, there's still a lot of stuff God wants to say. We haven't even got onto the sin that so easily entangles. We haven't mentioned that yet. So it's kind of, that's like a whole other series in itself." So there's still kind of loads of stuff, I believe, that God wants to extract from this. So we're going to continue this. We're now on part ten of running your best lap yet. Remember that's our the vision, Family Church's vision for the year. If this is for 2022, uh, to be our to be our best lap yet for God. Amen. On this race, and this race that we're on, and, and the writer of Hebrews here compares our life to a race. Amen. So what I want to talk about this morning. So we've talked a lot about throwing off everything that, that hinders and. We're going to come on to talk about sin that so easily entangles later, and I'll talk about fixing our eyes on Jesus in a couple of weeks. But what I want to talk about specifically this morning is about running our race with perseverance. About running our race with perseverance. About just keep on, keeping on going. Now, know, there is so much, it's such a, such a kind of a simple uh, concept, but actually, in, in a life of a Christian, it's incredibly powerful. There is so much power in just keeping on going, just not, not giving up. You know, Winston Churchill, he famously said, didn't he, in World War II, he said, he will never, never, never surrender, never, never, never give up. And it kind of inspired a nation, didn't it? Whatever, whatever happened, it's like, we aren't surrendering. Don't care what other countries, not blittling other countries and what they did, but that, but that was Churchill's point. It's like, whatever other countries did, we aren't surrendering for anybody. We're, we're going we're to fight to the fight to the last man if we have to, but we're not surrendering for everyone. We're not giving up for anyone. And that kind of inspired a nation, didn't it, um, during World War World War II. But there's just so much power in just keeping on going. Just keeping on going on, on that race, not getting distracted by all these things that, that that can distract us or make us lose focus, but just keeping on going running the race. So I want to just uh, talk about that this morning. So as you know, the old, the old Testament the New Testament is written in Greek, of course, which was a common written language at the time. And so I'm gonna look at look at the Greeks. We do sometimes look at the Greek for the word perseverance here. So let us run with perseverance. So the Greek is hoop onome. Apparently it's out it said H Y P O N O M E. Okay, and this is this is this is this is what it can mean. This is why it's worth looking at the Greek sometimes, because English doesn't always do justice um, you know, to the to the original translation um, of scripture. It doesn't always you don't always have the the you know the whole whole meaning of what's going on there. So the the word that's translated perseverance, huponome, it can mean steadfastness, it can mean constancy, it can mean endurance, it can mean um, the characteristic of a a man or a woman who is not swerved from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty to faith through the greatest trials and sufferings. It can mean patience, steadfast waiting for, or sustaining, or perseverance. This is why it's worth looking at the Greek, right? This, This is what all that word means and all the different things it could mean. Okay, so we just look at the word perseverance. We'll keep on going. In some translations, it is translated endurance. Um, in some translations, English translations of the Bible. Okay, but it can mean, so it can mean patience, it can mean endurance, or, or perseverance. And they can seem like three similar words, but I kind of want to look at different meanings uh, of those three words. And I believe the writer of Hebrews here is this is what, uh, is what they were meaning, um, you know, just to, just to stay focused. Amen. Yeah, it talks about there, the meaning is I mean, not swerve from your deliberate purpose. You know, the, the, the devil, the, our enemy, he, his intention is to distract you, right? And to distract you from the purpose that God has for you, to, to try and get, swerve you off track, to try and swerve you off, off course. And, and ultimately, what he'd love to do is, is get you off the wide road that leads to life, and get you on, uh, sorry, get off the narrow road that leads to life, and get you on the wide road, get my words around, innit? Get on the wide road that leads to destruction. Okay? I'm not talking about like losing salvation here. But what I am saying is, but what the devil's trying to do is it gets you to lose focus. If he can get you away from God completely, that that will be his ultimate aim. Right? But there is so much power in just just staying focused and and just keeping going. But when we were at AOG conference, um, Glenn Barrett, who's the head of Assemblies of God, he's he's the pastor of Audacious Church, which you may have heard of in Manchester. Um, it's one of the biggest AOG church in in the country. Uh, probably two or two, three thousand. And they got lots of plants, every, lots of church plants, everywhere, um, Sheffield and Wigan and all sorts of places. Anyway, so he, he was he was sharing some stuff, and he, and he was just encouraging us as as ministers, it was mainly A.G. ministers there, A.G. pastors, and just encouraging us just to keep on going. He he showed us he showed us picture, and it was quite it was quite emotional, wasn't it, Dan? just kind of when he was, he was talking about this, because he kind of put this this picture up of his his Bible college, which he went to in 1994 in Australia. Um, he's got a welsh dad but he grew up in australia he's now here okay um you can tell by the name glenn that's a welsh name right anyway so um but he went to bible college in australia in 1994 uh, for three years and he put this photo of of him and kind of his his cohort and they at the time they kind of he he was young and they kind of called themselves the joshua generation we are going to be the 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 generation that kind of you know lead people into into the promised land we don't want to be the moses generation that kind of wanders around in the desert we want to be the joshua generation (laughs) But then he kind of shared this, this really interesting stat, and sad stat, and it kind of showed like about, maybe about 25 people. He had, he had a photo from the time, which showed these 25 people, and he said that only him and his wife, one of the ladies on the photos now, his wife, Sophia, and, and one other guy called Lee who lives in Australia, only those three are the only three left in ministry, and they were about 25, who were going to be the, going to be the world changers. They were going to be the ones that you know, changed change the world for God. And for all sorts of reasons and circumstances, they're no longer in ministries. So he was encouraging us as pastors just to keep on going, and there's so much power in that. And for us, as we may not be involved, as we may not be pastors this morning, okay, but we're all in, we're all in ministry, right? Whatever, whatever we're doing for God, right? We're all in ministry. So you may not be a pastor this morning, but there's just so much power in just keeping on going. Just, just keep going. Don't give up. Don't let the devil get a foothold. Amen. Don't be swerved from the purpose that that God has for you. So often trials and sufferings like happen with these people who are ministers who were going to change the world, and now only three of them are still uh, serving God in in that way, which is which which is sad. But that's because they've allowed themselves to get distracted. They've allowed themselves to lose focus on or trials and sufferings, you know, kind of to to damage them. Right? Let's not be people like that. We we just keep on going. Amen? Determined to fulfill all that God has for us. Let's run with perseverance, endurance, and patience. I want to look at three other contexts where, or three other verses where the same Greek word is used, huponome. Romans 15.4, Paul uses it. He says this. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through the endurance, so here it's translated endurance, but it's the same word. Okay, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Amen. Let's keep on going with endurance. Luke eight eight fifteen. It's used here where, where Jesus speaks. Obviously, Jesus spoke. In, I'll say obviously? I assume you know Jesus spoke in Aramaic, but but the New Testament is of course written in Greek, the common written language. Okay, and this is what it says in the Greek. But the seed this is what the same Greek word is used here. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, it's that same word again, hypomene produce a crop. Now, God wants to produce a harvest in your life. Does everyone know that this morning? God wants you to be fruitful in life. But a, but a but key to that, so often we want shortcuts, but a key to that is just to keep on going. Keep on persevering. What's God called you to do? Don't give up. Don't get sidelined. Don't get sidetracked. Don't, don't lose focus. Just keep on going. Amen? James used it as well. James 1, it's the same Greek word again. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that your testing of your faith produces perseverance. Same word again. Verse 4. Let Perseverance, finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So perseverance, again, James is talking about, it's a key. If you want to be mature in God, if you want to complete the race, persevere. Keep on going. Amen? That's for people that run with perseverance, endurance, and, and patience. Now, I looked up on a, on a website to look at the kind of the different meanings, because they don't all mean the same thing, patience, endurance, and perseverance. So I want to talk about different aspects of this. And this, this is what it said. I thought they were really great definitions. It was very helpful for me. It says this. Perseverance refers to continuing in spite of difficulty and lack of success. Perseverance refers to continuing in spite of difficulty And lack of success. Endurance slightly different meaning. Endurance is experiencing or surviving pain or hardship. Endurance is experiencing or surviving pain or hardship. And patience can be defined as the ability to accept delay or trouble calmly. Okay, so there's actually three quite different meanings there, right? Perseverance refers to continuing in spite of difficulty and lack of success. Ex- endurance is ex- experiencing uh, sorry is ex- experiencing or surviving pain or hardship and patience can be defined as the ability to accept tr- delay or trouble calmly and God wants us to be able to do all those three things through him and we're not doing this in our own kind of strength we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us right? this is not just like just trying a bit harder this is about trusting God amen God wants us just to persevere he wants to continue despite the difficulties and lack of success we may face in life Maybe there's things where you've had to survive pain and, and hardship in your life. God wants you to endure despite those things. Amen? And God wants you to be able to accept delay. Sometimes things don't happen as quick as we'd like them to happen, and to be able to deal with that calmly. Or, may, or if you're facing troubles, to be able to deal with that calmly and just trust God through it all and be patient through it all. So there are many characters in the Bible who had to use those three, but the one I want to particularly talk about this morning is, is the story of Joseph. Very well-known story. Who knows the story of Joseph? Anyone seen the musical? You know, me, and my, me and the family, we went a few weeks it was in the Mayflower a few weeks ago, so we went to see Joseph the musical, Jack, Jack, Jack loved it more than Lisa, strange enough, anyway, so we kind of got Joseph, Jack's always playing the Joseph songs, all the classics, close every door to me, any dream will do, all you know, the classics, anyway, so, and it's actually very, I know it's kind of done in a light-hearted way, the musical, but it's actually very authentic, it's very authentic to the story, actually. But anyway, so the story of, story of Joseph. So I just want to look at Joseph and things that we can draw out from, from that principles that we can draw out things that Joseph had to learn. Because he had to be patient, he had to have perseverance, and he had to endure. He went through a whole load of crazy situations. So let's look at Genesis 37, verse 1 to 11. And, and God had given Joseph some, some dreams about what he was going to do in his life and what God's purposes and plans were for him. So let's start at verse 1. So Jacob... So that's a father, of course. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of, of Canaan. This is, this is the account of Jacob's family line. God, you know the story that God changes Jacob's name to Israel, so that's where Israel comes from, and you know Israel today are all the descendants of them. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved now Israel that's just another name of Jacob. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. Maybe you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend doing that as a parent, having favourites, but anyway, this is what, the reality of what happened. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him and his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. That's where the whole thing, you know, Joseph in the technicolor dream coat comes from. Made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers they hated him all the more, he said to them, Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of corn out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered round mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. You imagine his brothers getting quite annoyed. Anyone got brothers (laughs) or sisters? sibling rivalry is always an interesting thing, isn't it when he grew up I've got two brothers and two sisters it was interesting at times and I'm, I'm smacking I'm smacking in the middle of the five. so there we go um, then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers listen he said I had another dream and this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me when he told his father as well as his brothers his father rebuked him and said what is this dream you hold will your mom, will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you so now his dad's even though Joseph was the one he loved the most. Even his dad's getting a bit narky now about these about these dreams. Verse eleven: His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now we've got time to because we'd be reading whole chapters of the Bible; we'll be here a long time. But his brothers didn't take kindly to this. So this, this was a God given dream. Now whether it was wise to actually share it with his brothers that's a whole nother, that's kind of a whole other kind of conversation. But his brothers were not happy about it. But, this, but having said all that, obviously it was all, part, all the things that happened were all part of God's plan. So his brothers get really annoyed. They, they end up throwing him into a pit. He gets sold, sold into slavery. And some Midianites come along and they take him, they take him, to, take him to Egypt. So here's Joseph. He's he just been sharing his, what he believed were his God-given dreams. Well, they were God-given. And, and now he'd been rejected by, by his brothers. Even his dad was starting to get narky with him. And, and now he was being sold into slavery. Now, what would Joseph be thinking at that point? Now, if, I, if, I, if we were in Joseph's shoes, I don't suppose you're going to be too happy <laughs> about this, right? Thinking, well, God, you've given me all these dreams. You've given me all these purposes and these plans for my life. And here I am now. I've been thrown in a pit. My brothers hate me. They told me, if you know the story, they told, they told Jacob um, that he'd been killed by a wild animal. So his dad thought he was dead. And, and now he'd been sold into slavery, now ended up in uh, in Egypt. He's probably worried what was going to happen um, in Egypt at that time. The Egyptian empire kind of like, was like you know, the dominant empire. Um, um, at that time, pharaoh was in, was, was incredibly powerful. Um, yeah, and lots of stuff, of course, happens hundreds of years later as the Israelites grow and 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 you know the whole story of Moses leading the Israelites out from slavery under Pharaoh, which is um, about four hundred years later after this. Anyway, so. What was Joseph thinking at this point? I can imagine he's probably thinking a whole load of things like, this is not fair, this is not right. God, what in the world are you doing here? I thought, I thought my brothers were going to bow down before me. I thought this was a purpose and a plan from you. You know, and so often we could be in that same kind of situation. You know, not, not sold into slavery, hopefully. Okay, but in a, kind of a similar kind of thinking And that. It's like, God, I thought I had this, you had this purpose and a plan for my life. How, why am I finding myself in this situation? So, I believe here here's a lesson of perseverance, and we're talking about this, this Greek word, "huponomai," meaning patience, endurance, and perseverance. So, perseverance refers to continuing in spite of difficulty and lack of success. So, in a natural, I think you would agree, Joseph was certainly facing a lack of success, right? And certainly facing difficulties: be thrown in a pit, sold by his, into slavery by his jealous brothers who who hated him. They, in fact, they didn't even care what had happened to him. You know, if he died, if he died, he died. So be it. You know, but what was amazing about Joseph is that he had incredible faith, and he continued to hold on to those dreams through perseverance. And it would have been so easy to get into kind of a woe is me, and why is is everything going wrong? Why does life hate me? Why does everyone else hate me? You know, so if you find yourself in that situation, I just encourage you to keep persevering. If God's got a plan and a purpose for your life, which he absolutely has, keep on going. Amen? Sometimes things get worse before they get better, and I know that's not so that's not that encouraging. That's just a reality. But just keep trusting God in it all. And it will teach you a whole load of stuff through the whole process as well. Amen. But Joseph, through perseverance, continued to hold on to those dreams. Now, Joseph had an incredible, uh, incredible character, and you kind of see more of his character we'll come on to it in a minute. But he, re- he refused to let go of that God given plan for his life. So I just encourage you with that this morning. Don't let go of what God's ca- God called you to do, all or or those dreams and plans that he's given you. Even if even if the complete opposite is happening right now, don't don't let go of them. And then continue to trust God in it all. And He knows He knows what He's doing. He He's the beginning and the end. He see, He's the Alpha and Omega. He sees the beginning and the end. And then God operates outside of time. He he can see the end of your life right now and all the things and how everything is gonna pan out. And we have to remember that that God doesn't work like we do as humans, where you know, where we're regulated by time. God's totally outside of that not regulated by natural laws or any of the kind of stuff that govern our lives amen i'm only glad about that <laughs> amen but joseph held on to those dreams through perseverance so there's so much power in just keeping on going even when things seem the complete opposite of what you thought they were going to be don't give up keep persevering the bible talks about setting your faces like flint amen Yes, yeah, so the Bible talks about setting your faces like flints. Let's be people who do that, amen. So that's the lesson of perseverance. Continuing in spite of difficulty and lack of success, amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so then the story continues. Genesis 39, verses 2 to 6. So remember, God had a whole plan for Joseph in this, and a lot of things had happened that seemed un- unfair, and Joseph would have been questioning. But God had a plan in all this. And we're skipping ahead a couple of chapters. Genesis 39, verses 2 to 6. So Joseph found himself in, in, in Egypt. Remember, he's been sold into slavery to the Midianites. They've kind of sold him on to Pharaoh. And the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master, who was one of Pharaoh's, doesn't say that in the scripture, but he's one of Pharaoh's officials. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar, that's the name of the guy, the master, Egyptian master, Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the, from the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Typical bloke, always worried about <laughs> so what he going to eat, didn't care about anything else. Anyway, so, um, so you, you will agree this is a big change in circumstances, Right? So remember God has given him his this dream and, and, and Joseph is continuing to persevere. He's not gonna he's not gonna quit, he's not gonna give up, he's gonna persevere despite the difficulties and, and lack of success. And then God is here, he's completely turned the situation around. There's more more stuff to come yet. But God has completely turned the situation around here. And and, and, and God God prospers Joseph and brings him into this this Egyptian master's house who's high up in the the Egyptian Empire. One of Pharaoh's officials. And, and brought great blessing on him and blessing on Potiphar, um, the Egyptian master. Now, if you know the story, it's kind of, it goes a little bit sordid. All, all the youth are out today, so there we go. <laughs> but it goes a little bit sordid, and Potiphar's wife tries to seduce Joseph, tries to get him to sleep with her, um, and it happens a whole number, number of times. And Joseph, he has a great character. He has, a, he has an amazing character, and he deals with this um, incredibly well. In Genesis 39, 16 to 20, so basically Joseph legs it as a great um, lesson for blokes, all women who finds out the situation. <laughs> Just run away and get out of the situation as quick as you can. Anyway, Genesis thirty nine, verse sixteen to twenty, she kept his so that's Potiphar's wife, she kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. So basically she blames so he says, No, I'm not going to sleep with you and Potiphar's wife blames Joseph for it and lies about what happens. Verse seventeen, then she told Potiphar this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me, but as soon as I screamed for help he left his cloak beside me and ran. Out of the house. Now, being a dutiful husband, he he, uh, believed his wife. Although there were clearly some marriage issues (laughs) going on uh, below the surface, But anyway, that's another issue. But when his master heard the story, heard the story his wife told him, saying, "This is how your slave treated me," he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. So there's like been a huge shift again. Back the other way again. So Joseph found himself in this place of blessing. He was working with one of, one of uh, you know, Pharaoh's top officials and really blessing Joseph and using him in that and, and blessing Potiphar through it all. Then finds himself in a completely unfair situation. Loads, a whole load of lies were told about him. And he now finds himself in prison. Completely unfairly, completely un, unjust. He, he'd been the one that dealt with things with the right character and now finds himself in prison. So again, you can ask yourself that question. What was Joseph thinking at that point? Uh, if, we, if we put ourselves again in Joseph's shoes, I don't think you're taking too kindly to that. <laughs> you know, you're going to have some big questions to ask God in it all, right? It's like, God, I, I thought this was it. I thought you, these are my dreams coming true. This is what you said was going to happen. You've, you've blessed me in Potiphar's household, and, and now look what's happened. And all I've done is done everything right. I've done everything with the right character. I've done everything with godly character. I've I said no to, no to this woman who's been pestering me. I've done everything right. I've been, I've been obedient to you, and now I find myself in prison. You must have been thinking, you know, what, what's the point? What's the point of all this? Even when I do things right, everything still goes horribly wrong. So I believe from this, we, using the same Greek word, hyponome, we can learn the lesson of endurance. I and mean, endurance is experiencing or surviving pain or hardship. Pain or hardship. So, so Joseph found himself in a place of hardship and, and a completely unjust situation. Everyone agree, man? All Joseph had sought to do what was right. And now he's totally unjustly in a a prison for a crime he didn't commit. In fact, he was a a victim in the situation, wasn't he? If anything. But again, Joseph had a great character and he trusted God in it all. And there's a great lesson for us in that. He allowed God to help him survive the pain of that hardship. That pain was just completely undeserved. And he made the great decision just to keep on enduring. To keep on enduring. To allow God to heal, heal that pain. There's great, lessons, there's great lessons in that, especially in this world, which is very um, – we talked about this a lot at AOG, digressing a little bit. Time's going quick, but digressing a little bit. But we talked about this a lot at AOG, AOG conference, kind of the way, where the world finds itself right now, and, and speaking truth, speaking the truth of God's word in, into a my-truth generation. You know, that's what we hear all the time. It's my, it's my, this is my truth. I don't want to know the truth. I don't want what the Bible says. This, this is my truth. I, I have the truth. And we had a speaker called Dr. Amy or Ewing, who was brilliant. She's one of uh, Britain's top Christian apologists, and doesn't mean to say she's always saying sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's not what it means. Okay, it's not always apologising. Okay, it's talking about contending for the gospel and how, how we deal with the world that we find ourselves in and how we communicate the gospel and that kind of stuff. That's what an apologist is. Anyway, and she, she, and she was talking about this and, and how in the postmodern world, what's happened since the 1960s in this postmodern world which is in, in the West, which has kind of rejected God and, like, we don't need, don't need God anymore. And all that matters is materialism, you know, having more money, having more stuff, and kind of that consumerism that's really um, grown, especially since the Second World War uh, kind of period. And what she was talking about is, is but what's happened now is kind of into that void that's been created by postmoderns. You've kind of got the new materialism, which is all about us and our bodies, our identity, uh, and who we are. This is the new material thing. It's not so much as it, as it had been in the past about houses and cars, and that kind of really kind of kicked off in the 80s. People remember that era, and that was kind of like the big thing. Um, but kind of, and that still was a thing for some people, but kind of the big issue today is all about identity. And this this physical body, this this material body, which, of course, is all the world understands, because they don't know about the spiritual. You know, the spiritual being more real than what the material is anyway. And, and she was talking a lot about that, and it was really, really helpful, um, in fact. And you know how so many people these days see themselves as victims, and often the people who who see themselves as the biggest victims often have the biggest voice. This is kind of the world we find ourselves in. If, you, if you've gone through, if you've kind of gone through more situations, then, then you should have a bigger voice. That's where the way the world is right now. And the biggest victims get the biggest voices. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm all for dealing with social injustice and all that kind of stuff. You know, and Jesus would have been as well, absolutely. But what Joseph dealt with right is he decided to be a victor, not a victim. Amen? And that, that's a mentality. That's a mentality shift. Amen? Not to be a victim. Because he absolutely was a victim. He was a victim of the circumstance. He, he was the innocent one in all this. But he made the choice to be a victor. Amen? And in this world which is so confused, and I'll probably talk about this more in, in future, future weeks because it's like a digression. But... Less in this world which is so confused and got such a victim mentality, is not it? Right? That's just reality. It's not judging the world. It's just where the world is. And remember, all this is a response to the, the void that's been caused by postmodernism by kind of rejecting God. We don't need God. All that matters is material. It's a newbie thing, is identity. And identity is me, it's my sexuality, it's who I'm attracted to. It, it, it's what I look like. It's this material thing. And, and that's kind of what, where, where the world is um, right now in so many different ways. But Joseph didn't see him as a victim, praise God. And he could so easily have been that and, and wallowed, wallowed in that. And who could have blamed him? You know, in the circumstances he was in. But he saw himself as a victor. Amen? Amen. You know, the story, I'll, I'll come back to the other stuff I've been talking about in some future weeks because there's loads of great stuff that, that was shared in conference about overcoming trauma and how the world is basically in trauma. Everyone's, everyone's got some kind of trauma. Not the, the issues are very real, not, not pretending the issues don't exist. But how basically people are in trauma right now, um, you know, particularly about identity, you know. And if you find your identity just in kind of how you look or who you're attracted to, you're going to have a whole load of issues, right? Our identity is in God, amen? That's where we find our identity. Identity is that we're, we're children of the living God, amen? And this is a great opportunity for, you know, for the, for the church of Jesus Christ to, to rise up in this, in this situation and to speak, to speak truth. Because we, we truly understand identity, amen? And what it, what it truly means, Identity is not materialism, it's not material body, it's not about how we look, what we own, what car we drive. That's, it's got nothing to do with identity. Amen? Everyone agree? i you glad about that. I mean, identity is who we are. We're children of the living God. Amen? That's, that's how we identify ourselves. Praise God. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that in a future week someone. Anyway, so the story continues. Genesis 39, verse 20 to 23. So then God starts to do some stuff in Joseph. So he didn't see himself as a victim. He saw himself as a victor. He decided to have endurance to allow God to to heal that pain, for him to be a survivor in this situation and to survive this hardship. So uh, Genesis 39, verse 20. While Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warder. So the warder put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warder paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So there's kind of been a big turnaround again. So Joseph still finds himself in prison, but is finding great uh, success, and the prison warders are trusting him. And if you know the story, there's, there's a cupbearer and a baker of, of, of Pharaoh have been put in prison, and they had some dreams, and Joseph, um, through the Holy Spirit, Joseph interprets those dreams and interprets them uh, correctly. But that kind of all gets forgotten about um, in it all. Verse uh, Chapter 40, verse 20 says this. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and, and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, so that he once again put the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker, sadly, just as Joseph has said to them in his interpretation. So you can read all of that in Genesis 39 about how Joseph interprets those dreams. Then verse 23, this is kind of the key one. But the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot all about him. So I kind of think, poor Joseph. It's like, it's like every time it just seems like he's on the cusp of, you know, walking to all that God has for him or, or how he was def- would define success, then it all kind of goes horribly wrong again. What must he have been thinking again? Here I am, God, Holy Spirit, you, you've helped me to interpret these dreams. I've interpreted them correctly. And, and maybe finally this is going to be my time to get out of prison. And then the cupbearer, who, who's the one that survives in this situation, totally, totally forgets about Joseph. So, so again, you know, what must he have been thinking? And, and you've put yourself in his shoes. He must think, God, when is this going to happen? Every time I think I'm, I'm there, then there's, there's new, some new calamity, some, some new injustice, some, some new hardship. So for us, this is the lesson of patience. I believe Joseph teaches us about perseverance, endurance, and patience. Patience can be, as we said earlier, patience can be defined as the ability to accept delay or trouble calmly. So Joseph, in the great character that he had, he was able to accept delay. So again, he didn't, he didn't give up. He was in a very unfair situation. He, he'd done everything he was asked to do. He brought great blessing to the prisoner and the, prison, uh, the prison warders and, and interpreted these dreams correctly, but just got forgotten in it all. It is an unfair situation. But the great thing with Joseph and the lesson for us is not to allow that to hamper our faith. And he didn't allow it to hamper his faith or the dreams that God had given him. Amen? And then you know the story, then Joseph then goes on to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh. They finally do kind of remember about Joseph. Oh yeah, there's that guy Joseph. (laughs) He interpreted some dreams. Then he interprets some dreams of Pharaoh and ends up getting promoted by by Pharaoh. Genesis 41 verse 33. Now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh... Appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. This is what Pharaoh's dream, if you know the whole story, is what it's been all about, about a time of famine and, and a time of plenty. Verse 35, they should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held and reserved for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so the country may not be ruined by this famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked him, can we find anyone... Like this man, and one in whom is the spirit of God. So you can see how God's been moving in all of this. This is this is, this is Joseph's moment. This this is despite all the challenges, all the all the kind of the, the crazy stuff that's happened, the unfair stuff that's happened, and being hated by his brothers and, and thrown into prison, and then getting forgotten about in prison when he thought his moment was coming. This is this is the moment finally coming. Pharaoh said to Joseph, "Since God has made all this known to you, there's, there is no one so discerning and wise as you." You should be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So God has completely radically changed the situation around again. Now finds himself number two in, the, in one of the greatest empires has ever been on the planet, in the Egyptian Empire. Only, only Pharaoh is above him. And Joseph applies a whole lot, if you know the story, or you can read this Genesis 41 and just throughout Genesis. Then his brothers end up going to Egypt to buy food as famine kind of throughout Israel and that whole area, what well, wasn't called Israel then? Jacob still was Israel. He, his name was Israel. So it wasn't the land wasn't called Israel then, but that kind of that whole whole area. There's a whole famine, and if you know the story, they end up bowing down before Joseph. They don't actually recognise who who he is, and, and probably they thought he was dead. And, and Jacob, their dad, they told him he was dead, so he wouldn't recognise him either. So they end up bowing down before him as a second in command in Egypt, begging him for food and mercy as those dreams have had foretold. So you can see here the dreams being revealed, and Joseph is finally revealed, revealed to the brothers for who he really is, and there's all, they all make up, and everything, everything's great. Everything's fab. So it's, it's a really interesting story, the story of Joseph, isn't it? It's very up and down. You know, Sometimes we say that life is like a roller coaster. You, know, you could, Definitely you can say that about Joseph, right? <laughs> it's so up and down, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like, it's like one extreme to like an incredible high and an incredible low and an incredible high and an incredible low. But what was amazing about Joseph is he just continued to persevere and to endure and to have patience. And there was so much power And all these three stages, Joseph could so easily have given up, "I'll stuff this. Why am I doing this? God, this is never going to change. Well, you know, it's never going to come true um, you, know, and just kind of give up give up on life. So I just want to encourage you this morning just to keep on going. Keep on running the race. Don't get distracted do get distracted by stuff if you're going through some stuff right now and it might be real real stuff not belittling what people what people go through but don't give up if you're going through some hardship right now if you if you're dealing with some with some, with some pain in your life just allow god to heal that pain and, and allow him to help you to move on but don't don't be don't be a victim the devil wants you to be a victim see yourself as a victor but that but that starts with us us making it a choice. And too, too many, I'm not judging this morning, I'm just, I'm just saying my observations as a pastor. I see too many Christians who have a victim mentality. And they, they, if I, And this goes back to what I was saying about how the world sees themselves. They find their identity in being a victim. And, and for, for a Christian, you know, that, that, that is a huge issue. Because God wants you to break free of that and see yourself as a victor, see yourself in, in in your new creation about what Jesus has done through the cross, what He's accomplished for you. We're not just a victor because we just tell ourselves we're a victor. No, of course, of course, that's true. It's because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us and the victory that He has brought and He's dealt with sin and death. Amen. We're a brand new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Amen. We're not we're not a victim of anything. You're not a victim of your circumstances. I don't know all the circumstances in your life. I don't know your entire. I know some of you more than others, obviously. But I don't know everything that's happened in your past or everything that's happening in your present. But one, firstly, God does know, whether I know or not. And secondly, it's not God's will for you to be a victim of your circumstances. Amen? You may have gone through a whole load of stuff. It may have been very unjust, very unfair, very, very painful. And you kind of can think, you know, God, where are you in all this? But God wants you to heal, heal you through all that and to bring you out the other side and for you just to keep running the race. Amen? To be, to be a victor in all was such a just, Joseph is just such a great example. He had so many opportunities to go off plan. And I can think about um, things in, in my own life where there were so many opportunities. it has been a few things that have uh, just been real difficult circumstances. I spoke to them, I won't go into them all because we spoke about them a few weeks ago. But just where I had to make a decision about God in this situation, I'm just going to trust you. I don't understand. And, I, and that's okay. You know, it, it's okay to have an honest conversation with God. Right? and I've been in that situation We have an honest conversation with God and that's okay because remember God knows what's in our heart anyway so it's no, no point lying to yourself or thinking oh well I could just lie to God and pretend everything's okay as if he doesn't know <laughs> anyway, Right? of course he knows so, so you might as well just be honest because he knows what's going on in your heart anyway okay? so sometimes we have to have an honest conversation with God say God I just don't understand this doesn't make any sense it just seems so, so unfair but God wants you to heal you and, and, to, and to bring you through that. for you, for you to persevere for you to endure, for you to get, get through pain, for you to endure even where things don't seem successful, for you, for you to just calmly just be able to accept uh, reality of where things are at, but just keep trusting God to be patient. In it all, you think about the whole story of like Abraham and Sarah and how, how for, for decades they had to keep trusting, trusting God, the, 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 the promise of having a son. And they kind of had an up and down journey in it all. And at times they trusted God and other times they didn't. And they tried to do it their own way. And, and then the Ishmael was born, which should never have happened. And all that, all that kind of stuff. But there's so many people in, in the Bible just have great examples of that. Just keep trusting God. Keep being patient. Amen? Don't give up. God wants to produce a harvest in our lives. Go back to Luke. Time's going quick, so we'll, we'll end soon. But Luke 8.15, where Jesus said, But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, and the parable of the sower, he hears the word, retain it, and by persevering, that same Greek word, produce a crop. God wants to produce a harvest in your life. Amen? But, but it's, it's one of those things, it just doesn't seem very spiritual, does it? Like, well, just keep on going. Well, that's not very spiritual. It's not prayer, is it? Okay, and obviously we should be praying. <laughs> Don't get it wrong. Okay, but, it, but, it's, but you can see the, from these examples, it's so, so powerful. And there's too many Christians that I've, I've observed where they just they just give up just give up and they just kept on going and they just kept on trusting god and they just kept on believing him for those those things that he he promised in their lives they just kept standing on the word of god and 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 they dealt with that victim mentality allow god to deal deal with that and bring them through in victory and to heal that pain and hardship and and if they just kept on being patient and they would have seen victory they would have come through the other side and it's sad when it doesn't happen when people just need to keep on going so let's be people that persevere amen perseverance produces a great harvest so Just some kind of questions to leave you with. What dreams or plans has God given you for for your life? Have you ever been tempted to give up on those dreams? A bit like Joseph, maybe it feels like now you're in a bit of a pit-like experience. You're thrown in a pit like Joseph was by his brothers. Does it feel in your life like nothing is going right? Does it feel that you've been forgotten in God's plans? Does it feel like things are never going to change? Now, maybe those could be, be realities in your life right now, but God wants to break those things this morning. God wants you to find victory in those things this morning. You have not been forgotten. Amen? God hasn't forgotten about you. And, and in this circumstances, I'm not saying God brings bad stuff into our life, but God sometimes does allow stuff to happen, to teach us stuff, and I'm not talking about like, making us sick and that kind of stuff, but sometimes God does allow circumstances to teach us about trusting him. So let's learn, learn those lessons. Amen? And like like Joseph, he just could have just wallowed in, in where he is. But I just encourage you this morning um, to get up off your feet. We will stand physically in a minute, but to get up off your feet and start dreaming again. God hasn't finished with you. Your life isn't over. Everyone Everyone, breathe, everyone breathing this morning, yes. and not breathing this morning. <laughs> uh, Rachel's not sure. I don't know. <laughs> Rachel laughed when I said that. I, you definitely are breathing. I want to check. Rachel doesn't need CPR. But if you're breathing this morning, God hasn't finished with you. Amen. There's still plans and purposes that God has for you. And even if stuff right now doesn't seem like it's successful or where, where you think you should be or what God's planned for you, then he hasn't given up on you. He hasn't forgotten about you. Keep trusting God's plan. Just keep on running. Do you remember Forrest Gump? It came out in 1994, I think, when I, was, when I was 18. It was a huge movie because I just turned an adult and it was a massive movie at the time. Um, but he had this whole big thing about, he, he ran across, in the movie, he runs across America, and he just said, I, I just kept on running. And then he gets the other side, he gets like to the West Coast, and like, I, know, I just kept on running. And then he just runs all the way back to the East Coast and just, just, just runs all across America. But, you know, we just need that same mentality. Yeah, kind of simplistic mentality in the movie. But sometimes we make things too complicated. I'm serious. You know, the, the Jesus talks about, but you know, we need to be like little children. Right? Because little children, they, they can understand it in a simplistic way. And in the way that the little children, when they were around with Jesus, they would just, just wholeheartedly trust him, whereas the adults were all trying to work out everything in their head, and who's Jesus, and what, what do we do about this, and what do we do about this? Whereas the little children were just like, this, this, guy's, this guy's amazing, I'm going to follow him. <laughs> and the Jesus said, you need to be like these little kids. And so often we just overcomplicate Christianity. And a bit like, um, Forrest Gump was a bit simplistic, but there's so much power in that. Just keep on running. Just, just keep on going. Don't give up. Amen? Keep on persevering. Keep trusting God's plan. Run with endurance, perseverance, and patience because God is not finished with you. Amen? Don't let the devil get a foothold. Don't let him distract you. Don't, don't lose focus. Don't start running on a track that you're not supposed to be on. Keep focused and just keep on going because it's so, so powerful. Amen? And who knows, you know, today or, or tomorrow may be, the things when, think, may be the day when things massively change. You know, and too often we, 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 we give up when, when we were on the cusp of things changing. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, you're so, so good. I just want to just pray for you this morning. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that Lord, you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. Lord, it says, Lord, you know the plans you have for us, a plan to give us a hope and a future. Lord, you... you Lord, even when we were knit together in our mother's womb, as Psalm 139 talks about, Lord, even at that point, Lord, you, you, or you put purpose in us. You knew us even at that point when we were still a fetus and, and not even born. You already knew us, Lord, and you, you birthed us, Lord, with a purpose and a plan for us. So whatever the circumstances, Lord, of how we came about, Lord, no one's here by accident, no one's here by chance. But everyone's here, Lord, because you, you willed it and you have a plan for them. We thank you, Lord, for the reality of that. Lord, and I pray for every single person here this morning. Lord God, that those plans and purposes, Lord, if, Lord, that you've given them, those hopes and dreams you've given them, Lord, I pray that, that they will persevere. Lord, that they will continue to run, Lord, with endurance. Lord, to run with patience, Lord, just to trust you in it all. Even when things, things change and where things, where things seem to go to negative uh, direction or negative circumstances, Lord, Lord, that we will be a body of people, Lord, that completely trust you in it all. Lord, that we will be patient in it all. Lord, may we learn those same lessons that Joseph Joseph learned. Lord, just the, the power of just keeping on going, keeping on running, keeping on focused on on you, Lord, and who you are, Lord God. If there's people this morning who are here and they're just not sure about the purposes and plans of your life, I pray you just reveal it to them, Lord, right now and over the coming days in Jesus' name. Lord, they would just know all that you desire to do in them and through them, Lord. We're all, we're all ministers, Lord. We all have, a, Lord, stuff that you want us to do, stuff that we're called to do and people you want us to reach and jobs you want us to do and and workplaces colli- work you want to put us where we can reach people and neighbourhoods where you want us to reach people. And Lord, we all have stuff, Lord, you would desire for us to do. Lord, may we, Lord, always have a victor mentality, not a victim mentality. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning, Lord, that, 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 that's, that's struggling with that and, and because of stuff that's happened to them and it may be very unjust stuff, just like it's happened to Joseph, maybe stuff that's happened to them that was were totally not their fault and maybe very traumatic experiences and they, they may be very real things that have happened. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you will heal their pain in Jesus' name. Lord, they will know your freedom in Jesus' name. They will know your wholeness, Lord, and your health. Lord, so you heal them physically, emotionally, spiritually. Lord, and, uh, Lord you care about the whole person. You'll heal them in every sense of the word, Lord God, that they'll be completely free in Jesus' name. Lord, those things that were hanging over them, or the things that may have brought shame or whatever the circumstances, Lord, I pray they will know your freedom right now in the mighty name of Jesus. They will know your wholeness, Lord God. That nothing will hold them back, oh God. Nothing will distract them, of uh, Lord, off of the journey and the track and the race that you have for them. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. I may be run with endurance, maybe persevere, Lord, Jesus. Just just like you did, Lord, you just were so focused, so focused on the cross and your ministry and what, Lord, what you've been sent to earth to do. you ran with perseverance, endurance and patience you didn't let yourself get distracted even disciples tried to distract you Lord you just ignored it and stayed focused Lord you knew what you had to do and I pray we'll be people like that you set our faces like Flint we're not distracted to the left or or to the right we'll just keep on running for you in Jesus name thank you Lord I just want to just pray a second prayer as well if there's anyone here this morning if you don't yet know God or maybe you've gone off track you're kind of running a different race, not the race that God has for you. Or we are running a world's race. Or you are a believer, but you're running a world's race. And, and God wants you to bring your track on this morning. and God wants you to do business with you this morning. He's not, he's not going to judge you. He's not going to condemn you. But he just wants to put, you to put things right. He's just waiting with open arms to, to receive you back and to get you back on track, literally, back on the right race, back where he wants you to be. And if you've never accepted Jesus into your life before, you can know what it is to be a Christian this morning. You can know what it is to have your life changed. You can know the promise of eternal life when you leave this earth, the promise that you'll be in heaven uh, with God forever. You can know what it is to have all your sins forgiven. That just means anything we've ever done, done, done wrong or ever could do wrong, for those to be completely washed clean. For you to be made new and made holy in the sight of Jesus, for him to be able to walk with you, he promised he will never leave you or forsake you, and he wants you to know those promises for your own life. And if that's you this morning, I just encourage you to pray this prayer, we're going to pray now as well, and invite Jesus into your life this morning, it be the best decision you can ever, ever possibly make. Let's all just pray this together, thank you Jesus, that you endured, and went to the cross for me, you persevered for me, You were patient for me. You endured for me. Thank you for dying for me so I could have life. A life to the full. I ask you now to forgive me. To wash me. Of all I've ever done wrong. I invite you into my life. I want to live for you. I want to walk with you. I want to run the race with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I was all heads bowed and eyes are closed. If that's you this morning and you've prayed that prayer and you maybe you've never ever prayed a prayer like that before and you're saying, yeah, God, I want you in my life. I need you. I want to do this, this, this race of life. I want to do it with you. I don't want to run my own race anymore. Or maybe you're getting yourself back on course this morning. If so, if you've prayed that prayer. So if that's you this morning, why don't you to just raise your hand and say, yeah, I've prayed that. Because we'd love just to chat and pray with you afterwards. Anyone this morning? Don't miss your opportunity. Thank you, God. You're so, so good praise you lord lord you're amazing thank you the example lord that you were examples of all the great examples we have like joseph and the example you were of running a race well and not giving up thank you lord god lord may we persevere endure lord and run with patience in the mighty name of jesus amen 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 praise god